Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Annie Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, actor and Lake Orient fan Daniel Mays joined us in the studio. He did, he? yeah. It's always good to see him. Code 404. Good show. Returns mm. on uh, Skyrim and Stephen Graham. Good, uh, good watch. Um, so we chatted to him um, for the first time in the studio. The comedian and Crystal Palace fan... Jim Daly popped in and saw us to tell us about his football-related Edinburgh Yeah, sounds good. Too. Nice to see him. That was good. Um, we had some clips of the week. Pewter. Um, yeah. And yeah, we only had a bit of a rant. Yes, I did. Uh, we uh, talked about other things. matters. Uh, well, here it all is. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, everybody. I've got some great news for the listeners. It's going to be a bumper season for listeners who enjoy my Monday rants. Oh, yes. Yeah, do tune in every Monday from uh, (laughs) one o'clock. Andy thinks it's going to be very much your cup final. So, yeah, cuffed by uh, by, by the Arsenal. Very good Arsenal 4-0. They are yeah. they, looking worryingly good. That is very well, true. Well, they're, they're not going to finish above you. They'll be fourth, I think. But uh, they do look good. Yes. So, I mean, you, did you watch the game, Andy? Well, unfortunately, I did because we had a late, very late night. And mm. I was just about to go to sleep. And I thought, I'll just check and see how it's going. Mm. And they were 2-0 down. That's it. I couldn't even sleep after that. So I thought, I might as well watch it. I might as well watch it. See if it got any better. And it didn't, It didn't did get it? any better, no. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just chronic at the moment it's it, look you know it, we all know the problems they've had uh, you know Arsenal have signed six players Spurs have signed six players Chelsea have signed two mm. and they've got a lot of players Conte was right don't take players on tour that you're not going to work with whereas Chelsea took at least half the team that isn't going to be there doesn't yeah. want to be there you know it's, it's got a lot of, lot of problems they have you know and so they've got a little bit of time to sort it out but not a lot he's and not sounding very happy uh, Tuchel at the moment is he oh, I'd be amazed if he lost the season I'd be Absolutely well, amazed. I his choice say, or their choice? Probably not his choice. Probably their choice. Because you, the thing is, you can't be doing what he's doing. He does that a lot. You know. You, oh, I know there were a lot of problems since I could see there were a lot of problems. Since, well, we can all see that. Why don't you do something about it? Mm. You continually fail to motivate all our attacking players. That none of them are performing. Hudson Odoi, Ziek, Pulisic, uh, Werner, Havertz. Yeah. For goodness' sake. I mean, talk about not training on. You know, it's flattering to deceive. Havertz is like one in ten. Mm. You know, it's not good enough. It's not. It's just, you know, so you can't keep blaming the players. You also have a, a responsibility to work with the players you've got and yeah. to do something with them. Chelsea created more chances than anybody apart from Manchester City last year mm. and scored so many less goals. And that's still the problem. And now they've got, at least they had decent defenders now. Now they can't keep the ball out of their net. I mean, Chalabar, bless me, he's all right as a backup. He's all right to come in, in and out. But you couldn't rely on him. You couldn't. You got bless him's never a great thing well, to no, about a footballer, you know, is it? Once you've well, added bless him, really. You know, yeah. if you think you've let Zuma, Pele, bless if you've let Zuma, Tamore, Gay and Ake all leave in the last couple of years... And you've got Malang Sar. You think, well, what's something's gone wrong there? I wouldn't. I think Marina Granskaya is so overrated. Some of the moves they've made, some of the way they've been left, it's such an unbalanced squad. Mm. There's so much wrong with it. You know, from the lack of goals to the lack of variety in midfield to the basically lack of defensive courage. A goalkeeper that basically can't do anything but pass to the opposition. And apparently, the, the, he was doing an interview, and he bristled at the. According to the Telegraph, that Matt Law, uh, Mendy bristled slightly at a question regarding his distribution. 
Uh, he disagreed with the assessment. It's the area of his game that most requires attention. Well, that and trying to save a penalty. But apart from that, I mean, his distribution isn't good enough for a top goalkeeper. It just isn't. So they, it's going to take a director of football. It's going to take at least two windows. And you just have to accept that. And you can't expect, you know, you have to lower your expectations. And you look at the clubs that have done well in the window, the clubs that are looking good. And you can see that it it's, would be, I think, virtually impossible for Chelsea to finish in the top four. Cannot imagine that in any shape or form. They've still got some time to do some business, but, you know, you've got to bring those players in. <laughs> it's all very well. In the second game, you're playing Son, Kane and Richarlison, as well as Kuliszewski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With that defence, I mean, you just fear for it. You just absolutely fear for the team because they'll get hammered. Hammered. You know, and it's difficult for defenders coming in. I mean, Koulibaly sounds good, but, you know, it takes time to adjust to the Reading Premier between League. the lines of what you said, you don't sound massively optimistic for the season. Then. No, I'm not very optimistic. <laughs> the subtext of that. Well, I, you know, I think they'll be vying with Brentford for about... <laughs> really? You're going to well, be torn about which games to go to if they're on the same day. Yeah, well, no, I won't be. But uh, <laughs> we'll see anyway, never mind. Uh, you can tell it's the off-season. I turned over from the... I know you were playing this quite a lot of attention, the... Uh, Gaelic football. Well, final. I was in I was in Ireland this yeah. weekend. I went to uh, I had a, a long weekend in sort of uh, on the west coast, the Westport area, and I was in Galway on uh, Friday, and um, I, I, I chose a hell of a weekend to leave Galway. Uh, about half an hour after the uh, the no well, well so I was in that part of Ireland but Galway were playing in the All Ireland final against Kerry yesterday afternoon but mm. I was at the airport when that kicked off to come back and it started the Galway races the festival so oh. it's uh, a big deal for them uh, this week but uh, yeah there was a lot of lot of excitement all around Galway the flags were out and there were mm. signs outside shops everywhere saying good luck you know like somebody been who probably played at their local club good luck Chris go and stick it to him type thing. Oh, so right. it was it was a great atmosphere there. But yeah. Kerry won though, didn't they? Kerry did win, yeah. yeah it was a tight old did. game. I watched some it's of it. Lovely girl. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, I switched over to watch a lot of men in Lycra cycling around the Champs-Élysées. It was quite exciting, really, at the end of the Tour de France. But I got quite confused. because not that exciting, the well, end of the Tour. It's a procession, it. isn't no, it? It's well, not, you, know, you like it? Oh, no, yeah, quite like it. The, the, the sort of vying for places in the sprint was good. Yeah. But I got really confused because I haven't really been paying that much attention to it, apart from chatting to Graham Wilgos. Hmm. And the commentator kept going on about bike exchange. And I was thinking, blimey, what, in the middle of the race? How, how are you managing that when you're all... In, no, it's the name of one of the teams. Yes, that's right. I didn't yeah, yeah. realise... <laughs> <laughs> Exchange really? it for what? Cantina cutlery. <laughs> Kids trampoline. It's quite difficult, really. Yeah. Uh, it was the 2022 Ernest Hemingway Lookalike contest yesterday. Was it really? How'd um, you get on? <laughs> Actually, I would have got on better before I yeah. shaved my shave beard. your beard off. You've gone goatee again, haven't mind, you? But the bloke who came second looked more like Mike Gatting. It's quite odd, really. Like <laughs> Mike Gatting should have gone in. For I'd it. never heard of the the world he Ernest Hemingway lookalike competition. When it made the Times today, it was at Sloppy Joe's Bar in Key West, Florida. Oh, yeah, it would be, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would way, be. Yeah. It wouldn't be in Ealing. Mm. <laughs> so there were 124 people uh, entered this competition, yeah. and the bloke who won it was his eighth attempt. So what, does he look more like him than he did? I suppose he's getting older. Yeah. So eventually, he he's does a bit, look like him. Does he, or he probably just sits out in the sun, which he shouldn't do, and just gets a bit more weather-beaten <laughs> every true. year. He's, he's effectively risking his health, but he wants to win that Hemingway <laughs> prize. It could be his last chance. It's a idea. bit uh, worrying. Other takeaway from Ireland. Over there, it's Lidl, not Lidl. There we are. Lidl? Yeah, Lidl. Oh, the right. car radio was on all the time and they kept doing these ads for Lidl. I'm thinking, where's that? <laughs> but of course, that, that's exactly what don't it was. Go, don't get the needle. Shop at Lidl. Okay, well, just what we need, Andy. Andy's always telling us the Irish love his Irish accent. There's nothing wrong with doing they Irish don't. accent. They don't. They yeah. don't like it. They do. So, uh, but what a cracking wasn't place. wasn't Michael O'Hare. was a very... Worse. Don't do that. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a lovely place. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. We're going to some uh, transfer stories, talk a bit of East Midlands football and indeed Seagulls now in the company of the official scorer of the birthday spread, now mm. man uh, in the East Midlands. Jeff Peters joins us. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon to you, boy. Oh, good afternoon oh, to yeah. you, boy. Not, <laughs> no, it's not Thursday, is it? Not in the nerve centre. <laughs> Definitely not in the nerve centre. went off on Saturday as well. Oh, did he? All right. <laughs> so, before we talk football, um, we are going to talk seagulls. And we, uh, we learned today... Is it a sister station, Talk Seagulls? Talk Seagulls. It's all yeah. very good. Uh, yeah, they can finally be kept away from ice creams and fish and chips, we're told, this summer, after scientists created music 
That frightens them. Uh, there are some bird calls on the piece of music we're going to play here, and um, apparently it, it it warns of predators in the world. It, it, in seagull language, it warns that a predator is nearby, so they leave your fish and chips alone. The reason we've roped you into this, Jeff, is that you are a DJ. You often go over to Ibiza and, and DJ, so we thought you were perfectly placed to tell us whether you'd be pre- prepared to play this uh, in one of your sets. And, it's, uh, a sl- you can, it's a slow news. Oh, it's a, well, I was thinking exactly the same thing. By, I mean, look, we're going to come on to the football in a minute. This is just yeah. a, a bit of fluff. But uh, buy a seagull, <laughs> buy. program. It's cool. <laughs> and let's play you a bit now, Jeff, and see what you make of it purely from a musical point of view. It's good. I was going to nick your sandwich. The seagulls haven't started yet. Oh, here we go. It's a good track, actually. It gets more aggressive in a minute. It's worth hanging in there yeah. for a, not that long, obviously. But uh, yeah, go on, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. And that's more like it. Oh, yeah. That's telling other seagulls that a predator is approaching. Or it might be. Come and have a sandwich. This place has got some lovely <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, pop over here. chips. So, Jeff, I mean, from a musical point, I mean, I could see you playing that in some sort of chilled out look. Oh, yeah. That that early, an early evening, people having their drink before they go out for a night out. You'd play, but probably without the seagulls. But it's, it has its merits, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think that the seagulls do add something to it. Uh, it it's, it's the kind of sound that you, like you just say, early evening or afternoon in sort of a, a chilled beach club where people are just sort of relaxing. Mm. It's not somewhere where everyone's going to get up and party and and get up and dance, but it's got that, that, that nice vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and if it keeps the seagulls away... Um, well, exactly. Then, you then could be sitting there in a nice, relaxed yeah. atmosphere. Jeff's on the decks and you think, I'll have some chips and you think, oh, we can't because of the seagulls. Jeff puts that on. <laughs> You're Inside laughing, aren't you? It's a win-win, Jeff. It's, it's a you get win-win. in at cricket, though, don't you? Often, I can't remember which ground. One of the grounds is particularly prone to this, isn't there? And yeah. then the uh, guy will play an off-drive, and then they'll all scatter into the... Yeah. Probably in, it's in Australia, isn't it, where there's the, the, a lot of goals. So perhaps they could put that on the PA. OK, well, look, just a thought. Anyway, Jeff, thanks for your where musical would they, Where would they field? At Gully? Oh, very oh, good. Boy, he's doing his... He's gone early. He's gone early <laughs> for the spread. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, Code 404 returns. To Sky with Daniel Mays and Stephen Graham. Before we chat, Danny, let's bring you a flavour of this new series. First victim killed on a Monday. He took the next one out on Tuesday. He was on a roll on Wednesday. I don't think we can rule out Craig David at this stage. Is he definitely with you? Unfortunately, yes. I heard about the case, the serial killer. He's got 24 hours to make an arrest. You can't just. 24 hours! If the killer's in there, we can use the darkness to our advantage. Stay close. And trust me. Yeah, back for a third series. Uh, good afternoon, Danny. Good to see you. Afternoon. It sounds like a nice, gentle piece, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in pursuit of a serial killer in this series. It, 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 I mean, you and obviously Stephen Graham are mates, so yeah. it comes across as a lot of fun to make it. It is. It's an absolute mm. scream. I mean, you'd watch Code 404 and think that, but it's a six-week shoot. It's, it's quite relentless. Steve and I tend to get to the end of the second week and we're like... This is meant to be fun, you know. We're in every day, every scene. So um, it kind of really, it does ask a lot of you, you know, because you're kind of, particularly with John Major I'm playing, you're jumping from comedy and sort of, you know, dramatic acting, like mm. in a heartbeat. So it it sort of raises your game. You've got to be on your toes with it. Yeah. You are, for people who haven't seen it, I'm sure they have, but if they haven't, you are a kind of, you're brought back <laughs> from the dead, aren't you? Yeah, like a six million dollar man, yeah. AI enhanced cop. Yeah, it's a bit of a left field synopsis. He's yeah. the best cop in the unit, gets killed at the beginning, and because of his, he's got the best arrest record in the unit, they bring him back part man, part AI. But the kind of wiring's wrong. Mm. So he's he's arresting the wrong people, kicking down the wrong doors. And like each season, there seems to be something malfunctioning with his AI. This time around for season three, he's got spyware lodged in his head. So they're obviously on the, the hunt for this gruesome serial killer. And that's the overall narrative of the whole season, which actually is slightly different from seasons one and two, which was much more story of the week. Hmm. This time around, it does give it... A, you, kind of, you can't help but get invested in that sort of thriller aspect of it. You kind of won't guess who the killer is. So, But obviously, if he's got spyware, that's not a great combination <laughs> if you're trying to <laughs> solve the case. So 
it's it's just classic. I actually think it's our most assured season yet. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because we we know the characters inside and out. All the actors get on like a house on fire. And it's it's sometimes it does take like till season three for a show to really kind of find its feet. And mm. I think it just it it sort of totally punches above its weight. Code four hundred four. There's action, comedy, pathos. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just laugh out loud and it's uh, it's quite a struggle to get through it without laughing with Steve a lot of the time. <laughs> so we do tend to corpse a lot. There's something about two great straight actors playing comedy that mm. I think comes across. And I think that same can be said for all of the ensemble. You know, it, you've got great actors in there like Richard Gadd, Rosie Cavaliero, Tracy Ann Oberman. You've got, you know, and it, that's what they've done with it. Yeah, Anna Maxwell Martin. It's They're good dramatic actors that are very comfortable with comedy. And I think... You know, um, it feels like a sort of refreshing change as such. Had you done a sitcom before? Then? Had you done this sort of I'd thing? I'd done like a show. I did Plus One for Channel 4. I mm-hmm. think that was originally what the producers of Code 404 saw me in and thought, you know, he, he, he can do comedy. And they attached my name to it. But, I mean, I, I love... I, mean, I guess I'm equally as comfortable in comedy as serious roles, but... Maybe people would associate me more with serious drama, but in many respects, I think everyone says comedy's harder. I totally agree with that because you have to honour the writing. You have to acknowledge that there's timing there, there's a punchline, and you know if you don't make those land, it doesn't really work. Mm. Uh, there you go, highlight. Comedy's yeah. all about the timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting piece. Leicestershire Live have been writing about the return of the show. <laughs> this was funny. And the headline is Leicestershire's Stephen Graham reunites <laughs> with co-star Daniel May's in new series of Skies 404. I'm thinking, Leicestershire's Stephen Graham. <laughs> really. that, that Scouse accent has travelled <laughs> to the East Midlands. But apparently, of course, he lives in Ibstock near Colville. He so does, he, yeah, They yeah. have claimed him as their own. <laughs> yes, yes. I think Hannah, his wife, lives up there, so... Oh, yeah, he's decamped to there. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. You're right about the supporting cast. I mean, you, the guy that played your dad—that was a brilliant thing between the two of you. Yeah, the DCS, who's ostensibly your boss, but doesn't really have much control over you. Yeah, she's Rosie Cavaliero mm-hmm. is a stalwart actress who's yeah. been everything she's in. She's absolutely stellar, and she obviously plays our bo- boss, Dennett, and um, she's just as bad as uh, Di John Major. So. You know, the whole thing is a comedy of, of errors, the whole thing. But um, like I say, we know the, the material now, inside and out. And it's like being in a little family every time we sort of reconvene. And, and want, you know, I think there's appetite for seasons four and five, hopefully. So um, it's got a core fan base, Code 404. It, obviously, it helped that it was released in the lockdown and no one was doing much. But um, <laughs> it's just... And the thing about it, they're half-hour... Uh, episodes and mm. there's only six eps, so you can literally binge this thing in two and a half hours. And you, you don't always get a chance to establish a sitcom, do you? I mean, it, it's been successful, so Sky have stuck with it and they've given yeah. you a third. But you know, you're right, it fi- takes all sitcoms a little bit of time to find their feet, and many great sitcoms of you know, yeah, but we're going to be cancelled and they get a, a mm. kind of second chance. I even chance. saw something, not that I'm comparing Code for a Four to Only Fools and Horses, mm. but it, it definitely took two seasons of that yeah. for it to properly land. I think they were, they, you know, they were going to pull it at one stage, mm. it didn't do very well in the ratings at all. So sometimes with these things, you've got to stick with it. Sky have been good like that, though, haven't they? I mean, I think they have been, they've, they've put their money and their weight and their belief in something, and they've, they've oh, often, they're great, they've as given a, them a couple of series, yeah, yeah. As a company, if they believe in a project, they really really wholeheartedly get behind it and the thing about code is it's you know the sort of production values in it are incredibly high you know it's you know it's got the production values of like a sort of straight drama you know and we've got a great director in Al Campbell who Mm. sort of is because it's set in the near future so there's a slight kind of sci-fi element to it as well and all those gadgets and things Al's great at sort of bringing all that to the fore so Mm. he's a fantastic director to work with the AI element is interesting because there's a story and I don't know if you've seen this story in the papers this morning about a, a chess machine an AI chess robot that basically Got annoyed with the bl- kid. He was playing. <laughs> well, yeah, he got annoyed. <laughs> it sounds like he did. It was happened in Russia. I'll tell you what happened. The kid went early, right? And, and the machine just grabbed his arm, broke his finger. Yeah. Okay. So the the, <laughs> the the origins of code though was from Sam Meyer, one of the execs who came up with the idea from mm. Water and Power Productions. 
he he was watching the news and it was like they had this sort of AI that looked incredibly human and they were just hot seating it, asking it all these questions over and over. And in the end, he said he was just going to blow up the world or something ridiculous. And it was good. So a malfunctioning AI was obviously the, yeah. the, the launch pad for the whole show. So, so the seven-year-old kid, he's there in the Moscow Open and he's only seven and right. the robot, he goes early while the robot's just not quite finished his no. move. So Andy thinks the robot did it out of spite. He thinks, right. gonna, he thinks so he's going to take over the So he just went over and, and snapped his <laughs> finger. So just, it kind of it caught his finger and closed as it would on and it's busted. I mean, it's not a nice story. Well, a seven-year-old yeah, kid's got yeah. his finger busted. He's never going to play chess again, is he? No, well, boy, it's going to put you off, isn't it? <laughs> definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely deterrent, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, I mean, you are a late Norium fan, but work has meant you've not been able to get... Yeah, that many I've, games not, recently. I've not been down there for quite a while now because it was like last year was pretty hectic. So, but I'll definitely get on board this season. And, yeah. yeah, see what see what Harry goes. Kane stepped up again mm. to sponsor the kit. He does yeah, it so he's done it again this season. Very nice he? touch. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. That's class from him. Yeah, yeah. The little loan spell there. It's good. What and about other projects. Yeah, well, you're normally to? working on. Uh, I'm actually off to Paris tonight. I'm doing a. Um, I've started a new Apple TV show um, with the. Hollywood icon Michael Douglas who's playing wow. Benjamin Franklin wow. where his time in Paris when he signed the treaty with the French in the American Revolution so I've only kind of really just kicked that off so um, yeah it's amazing lots of um, restoration uh, costumes and wigs but I, yeah my first day was with Michael a big four page dinner scene so I was uh, he wow. was absolutely delightful just wonderful made me feel at ease and we just cracked on with it. Do you get a bit yeah. nervous in those situations? I mean, you worked that, with a lot of I great I did that day. Yeah. yeah. It must yeah. be difficult. Well, like, yeah, I was just kind of like, you have to kind of style it out. And, um, but, you know, I, someone like Michael Dale, I remember him in Fatal Attraction and falling down all these sort of yeah. amazing... The dynasty as well. Oh, amazing yeah. body yeah. of work. So mm. you have to just kind of sit on your nerves or hopefully use it and, and hopefully it helps the performance. But... Well, as soon as you get that first day out your way, you're up and running, yeah. But every first day on any job is a bit nerve-wracking. You've been doing a lot of theatre as well, haven't you? You did the uh, Dumbwaiter last year. I the did Pins, the Dumbwaiter, yeah, yeah last Thewlis. year with the brilliant David Thewlis. That was, I mean, I hadn't really been on a stage uh, for five years before then. Wow. So it was... And I loved it so much. I was like, Danny, don't leave it as long. Because it's a great... Mm. It's a wonderful workout, in it, for an actor to do stage. Um and reaction, instant reaction. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You just feel. I mean, I remember getting to the end of the first run in the rehearsal room, so I just I've missed this so much. So hopefully, I'll, I'll be on the theatre. Uh, you know, whatever it was, uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. And when is the uh, when is this uh, Apple TV show going at the Benjamin Franklin? Do oh, I don't know. We go all the way till Christmas, so it's a long. It's a really Blimey. long gig. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got a great Christmas movie as well on Amazon called Your Christmas or Mine, which is an absolute treat. Uh, that's up, lining up for Christmas. So, yeah, I mean, the thing about it, chaps, is there's so many streamers now. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course. It's, for an act, it's a sort of brilliant opportunities for lots of actors and crew and everything because there's so much work out there. So, I mean, the, the challenge is to get the project that you're in to punch through the ceiling because it's a really overpopulated market no, now. you're right. There is so much, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the I, amount of times people say, have you seen this, this, or this? You've not yeah. had time yet. No, it's and true. it's so fleeting. Once yeah. it's gone, it's gone, and it's it's a tricky one, you know. I kind of I kind of get overwhelmed now what to watch. I don't quite know. You can get a recommendation from somebody. I, I definitely watched the yeah. first season of Code 404. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that goes without saying. It's well It's true, it. isn't it? I mean, and that's the thing. There is a pressure on stuff to grab you because there is so much to watch. You'll yes. watch what you think, oh, I don't know, do I want to commit six, seven hours of my time? With this? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure on shows to mm. hit the ground running, isn't it, really? Yeah. And I think, you know, PR is really important for these shows and you need to get the product out there. But sometimes I think, you know, Word of mouth is, you know, that yeah. age-old thing, have you seen it? That really does work, oh, yeah, you know. So you, what you want is your show to capture mm. the zeitgeist, isn't it? To get into that public domain where it's sort of unmissable and... Um, Hopefully go for it. <laughs> you keep coming back to that. You do. You are promoting it, so we can forgive you that. Definitely. So uh, next week, isn't it? It gets underway. It's the 4th of August, yeah, which yeah. is a Thursday, yeah, on Sky, Sky Comedy and Now TV. And once you put the first one out, will they all be available? They'll, all, they'll all be there for you to binge away, yeah. And people yeah. have got a week and a bit maybe to catch up with the first couple of series because they're all up. Yeah, on get on there and watch it. It's always baffling when it takes six weeks to make these things and then like three hours after it's dropped 
you keep people text going, that was a wonderful series. Yeah. <laughs> that was six weeks of my life. Yeah, that was really hours. hard to get through. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we wish you well. Uh, the series goes well. Good to see you again, Danny. Thanks and for you, coming chaps. in. Thanks for having All me on. All the best. Daniel Mays there, Code 404, returning on the 4th of August, Sky Comedy. And on now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We're joined uh, in the studio now by a football fan. I'm guessing Palace fan because he's a friend of Kevin Day's. I'll tell you, that's what they bond on. His show is called uh, Football and Fatherhood. He'll be taking it to the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, Jim Daly, good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon. I don't know if Kevin Day has any friends that aren't Crystal Palace fans. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, now I'm <laughs> thinking about it. I, I was <laughs> guessing, you weren't, guessing you weren't a Brighton fan anyway. No, anyone that isn't Palace into his circle, Montagues so. and Capulets and all that. Um, so, I mean, as I said, we haven't got to eke out the football mm. content. It no. will show the, 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 the words in the title, Football and Fatherhood. So yeah. tell us a bit more about it. So the show is about my uh, becoming a dad and my, uh, my two-year-old daughter um, and my journey in the early few months, which is it's hard, it's very hard. Any parents will know it's a difficult mm. journey. So I took. I thought, what do I know most about football? So I tried to use my love of football through those first few months. And, and weirdly, so the show is about finding self-confidence uh, for anyone, really, football fan, parent or not, but also finding the sort of um, influences in the weirdest places because I picked up none other than Tony Cascarino's wow. book, full-time. I'm sure you guys have read it. Great a great read. Book. One of the best football uh, autobiographies. One of the most unfootball autobiographies, mm. really, when you think about yeah. it. And um, it, the book rung true with me so much, and so much of it just really worked for me in that moment of becoming uh, a parent. So the yeah. show is a lot about Tony Cascarino and him influencing <laughs> me. Which, so it's uh, actually a parenting guide as well. Yeah, Cascarino. Yeah. Which anyone that's read the book will probably be quite surprised at that, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's about that. It Really, it's a... Um, the show about confidence, it's a gentle show. Mm. And I, I think this year actually probably is the year for that for gentle comedy because it's going to be, it's been a tough couple of years, obviously. There mm. wasn't a fringe for a year, then there was a small fringe. It's been a couple, tough couple of years for all of us. Mm. And I think we need sort of gentle, uplifting comedy at the moment. And there's going to be a lot of shows this year at Edinburgh, quite rightly, about big subjects with comed- very good comedians tackling them and doing a good job. But mine is kind of the, the opposite of that. The antidote is probably too strong mm. a word. But when you're going to see a, a big show about a big subject, Come and see mine for an uplifting hour of gentle mm, comedy. Yeah. That's, that's the opposite. I, of that. I agree with that. But it's still a place for a bit of Sadowitz in my book. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? You just you, you get a balance. Too tame. You yeah. can get a balance. <laughs> yeah. the, it's, uh, I, it's good this show because whenever I go to Edinburgh, I think used to go regularly for about twenty-five years. You, I sort of try and pick out shows like this. I mean, football in the title. 
it's usually something that's worth watching. I don't know why, but it often is. Well, my theory behind that was, so obviously if you're like a famous comedian, a TV comedian, you can do, your show title can be a pun on your name, mm. aren't it, in some, so I could have done like daily something. Yeah. But when you're not famous like me and you're battling <laughs> against the other 5,000 shows at the Fringe and trying yeah. to get seen mm. and heard, I figured you just have to call it what it is, exactly for that reason. So people look in the brochure or online and think, I like football. I'm a parent. I'm going to go and watch this <laughs> yeah. show because often you are looking for something that you you can relate to. So yeah. hopefully, as a marketing ploy, that works. But I mean, Edinburgh is eighty percent marketing and twenty percent performing anyway. So we all try whatever we can to get noticed. What sort of football dad do you think you'll be, Jim? Are you going to be one of those that? Oh yeah, if you want to go and support Brighton or Charlton, you go and do that. <laughs> oh yeah, son. <laughs> oh, uh, well, what sort of dad? Or are you going to be one of those? You know, you know, Palace or nothing. Well, so I don't live in Palace territory. Oh, right. I live in Chesham in Buckinghamshire, oh, okay. which is strong Watford territory. Mm. Actually, weirdly, Spurs, Chelsea, and Arsenal as mm. well. Um, so I'm very much kitting her out in uh, in Palace kit already. I send her to a football class in the morning called Little Kickers. She loves it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Weirdly, I've met a Palace fan there. I call Paul from Orping, uh, from Orpington, and uh, his daughter Alice and, and my daughter Maria become good mates already, which is great. But I'm definitely just yeah, trying my hardest to get her in Palace as much as possible. I'm aware of the fact that she might go to school and people will say, oh, are you a Palace fan? Why are you wearing that? And she might end up a Watford. I'll accept Watford. I don't mind that. I'll accept oh, Spurs. No, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe just Palace. I don't know. It's hard when your kids don't support your team. I think it makes mm, it... it can, I mean, that's that's the the Palace more are more attractive under yeah. Vieira, much more. They played some lovely oh, yeah. football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, Roy did a great job, but, you know, they weren't great to watch. Uh, it was... Um, I mean, I love Roy to bits, so let's be really careful here. It was, <laughs> it was pragmatic. I That's think. why you don't mind it, Watford as well, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did, he did <laughs> the job he was employed to do. Yeah, he did a great up. job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually think, and this might sound controversial, I think he's the best Premier League manager we've ever had. Yeah. When you think about the circumstances that we were under and what he mm. did. That first season, we lost seven, seven games in a row without scoring a goal. I feel he might be coming in at Chelsea. No, I think I mean, but you're right about Vieira. It's been completely... Yeah. Chalk and cheese. I mean, the football we played last season was un- unbelievable. It was the be- most enjoyable season for me as a Palace fan last year yeah. ever mm-hmm. that I can remember. It was so good. And, and I was going to games. We'd be, we were 2 0 down at home to Leicester earlier on the season, and I knew we'd come back and get something. And that never happens at Palace. Mm-hmm. There's something about the team that he's cultivated this season. So, yeah, more of the same this season, although. Um, Second season syndrome, who knows? I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pessimistic Palace fan. So, no, I uh, think he'll do well, but you'll do well to keep him. That's the thing. I think he's a I think so, top, yeah. top manager. Yeah. I, did meet, I did meet him before, in November. Uh, I hosted a Q&A with him at the Palace for Life Foundation. Mm-hmm. And he's, my word, he is smooth. He is mm-hmm. exactly everything you think from him. He's very charismatic. I did, I haven't actually told anyone this, I slightly, I, I had gastroenteritis the same day oh, that yeah. I interviewed him. So I was <laughs> slightly worried. I nearly pulled out because I thought, I don't want to. I had to for sore headlines like, you know, Palace squad decimated. Gastroenteritis. <laughs> <laughs> and they lose 5 0 at the weekend. Putting all the reserves <laughs> and out. And then the, at the end, he was brilliant in the interviews. So and at the end, he went for a handshake. And yeah. I thought, well, I can't. Because that's how it's passed. I can't yeah. touch him. So I ended in for a fist bump. Right. With a very awkward fist bump handshake So he did, is that moment. like a game of paper, scissors, stone, <laughs> yeah. was it? Inadvertently. He still somehow styled it out. So, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's an absolute pro. So will Cassie's book, as it was so influential, Jim, on the show, will, will you be bringing us excerpts from it? Is it just mm-hmm. do, do readings from it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite dramatic readings. But there yeah. are, there are, there are, I've picked up my favourite quotes from the book yeah. and I basically the show is formulated with me sort of using football to framework the show so I start about sort of pre-game and then kick off when the baby arrives and mm. half-time entertainment is all about kids TV and the ridiculousness of that and I sort of have quotes from Cassie's book throughout the show to sort of help me with that um, as well and uh, I, won't, I don't want to give too much away no. but he does feature and appear in the show at the end as well so well, there is well, yeah there is hope he's, yeah. he's realised that because he's supposed <laughs> to be here on a Saturday morning he's going to get up to Edinburgh <laughs> Saturday and Sunday yeah. yeah fantastic so uh, we the venue is let us know the venue Jim, it's the you? Grass Market Centre Okay. Uh, very yeah. central, which is great, yeah, uh, is, run by yeah. Just a Tonic, so Just a Tonic Grass Market Centre. 4.30pm, I'm there every day from the 4th to the 28th, except for the 15th when uh, Just Tonic don't run, and the 16th, 17th and 18th, because my brother's getting married in Dublin, and I've been asked to be best man, wow. so I'm going to go and do that. I'm delighted for him, of course. Could he have chosen another month? Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, I'm delighted for him and Colleen as well. So, uh, yeah, I won't be there for those, but otherwise, they're there every day, 4.30pm. 
come along if you like football, if you don't like football, if you're a parent, if you're not a parent, if you want a gentle hour of comedy, if you love Tony Cascarino. I'm yeah. sure that's going to well, get plenty we of people in. And a, a football and father too could be on the cards to see if you're different <laughs> second time around because uh, yeah. you've got another child on the way. Indeed. Thank, that is one of the endings of the show as well. Oh, so that, sorry about <laughs> that. That's fine. Oh, dear. Okay. No, Spoiler fine. alert. Yeah, well, Spoiler alert. Fine. To be that's honest, it's a nice part to end the show because it's very, again, very uplifting and mm. people like that as well. And, um, and yeah, I'm thinking second time around, I can just change the name of the baby and just do the whole show again in, in three years. Yeah, exactly. It makes my life easier. Dust it off. Yeah, as long as Cass then, is okay with that. And then, of course, Cass crashes in at the last few... <laughs> that's the other thing. I didn't want to spoil that for you, but uh, brilliant. Well, we'll pass on... We'll pass on your thanks for giving you the inspiration when we see Tony next. So uh, no, he's a top man, and yeah. and, and the book he's aware, is very he's good. He's aware of he's the aware. Show. We oh, have good. spoken. We have spoken. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and oh, we met great. previously working somewhere else as well. So that's how I got that connection. Oh, good but stuff. He's aware of it, and he's a top bloke. And uh, and genuinely, this isn't me being facetious. Genuinely, was an inspiration for the show. Yeah, and the book really is very good as well. So I'd recommend you that. No, it is very good. That, and yeah. the, you know, it's mm. a great book. And you're right about confidence. The way the book starts, basically in one on one with the keeper, it's all about. Yeah, yeah. it's all about. Sort of confidence and not having that confidence, and people looking at you and thinking you've got it all under control, yeah. but you know, you haven't yeah. exactly, which obviously is very, very sort of odd for a footballer to, to admit to yeah. publicly. But also, I think with parenting, you think that all the time, you always think you're doing something wrong and, and, yeah. and mucking up somehow. And uh, I, I in the first few months, I dropped my daughter from well, she rolled off the changing mat. Yeah. I'd gone down to like uh, pick up a nappy and I heard this thud next to oh, me. God. So yeah. I wonder what that is. What happened on the changing mat? Oh, I had the baby on the changing mat. Yeah. She rushed past my uh, my shoulder. So, um, but you know, she picked herself up, dusted herself off. Yeah. She seems fine. <laughs> well, so you find, I think it's normally be all right. with the first one like that, you spend six hours in A and E and they're fine. Second one, you go. Oh, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, even, with, even with that one, I, t- I thought I chose, do I tell my wife about this? Because she was out at the time. She'll probably be okay by the time she comes back. But I think I probably should. Probably should have. <laughs> it's, it's not a good place to start up being a parent, is it? Definitely it's, get uh, less precious with the second one. You yeah. always find that. It gets e- it does get easier. As time I, goes I'm, do you know what? That's nice to hear. We met yeah. some a family yesterday and they got three and they said it, it was easier with two and then gets even harder with three. Wow. Okay. Somehow. So but I think that, that ship has sailed for myself and Andy. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we, are not, we are not planning three no. either. So. <laughs> well, lovely to see you. Best of luck with the show. Thank Jim, you so much. much. Uh, Jim Daly's show, Football and Fatherhood, uh, just the tonic at the Grass Market Centre, 4.30 uh, up in Edinburgh. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yes, it's that time again when we dust off uh, that box of old mini discs that contains some vintage <clears throat> clips of the week, not gold pewter. That's as yes. far as we're prepared to go. They've not been cured. Well, our producer has found the the best of them from 2010. Feb, Feb, sorry, February slash March. This is when we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're all they're always. I mean, we've not heard these since 2010 yeah. either. So they're mixed, but I like them. Yeah. Okay, Andy. Well, why don't you kick us off then? We begin with Adam Brazil on breakfast, who amazingly seems to have arrived early for once. Coming up to five minutes after five o'clock, Monningham, welcome to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast. <laughs> He's never been in the studio at five She's never minutes past five. Six o'clock. It was a time and he'd be lucky if he got it for half past six, but that's different now, of course. Uh, this is Lisa O'Sullivan uh, with the sports news. Fernando Torres has given Liverpool the lead against Sunderland at Anfield in their um, second Premier League game of the day. Double header. It used to be overworked in those days. Yeah, right? I mean they're a lot fitter. Played they could probably they could probably handle it uh, <laughs> under Klopp. Anyway, uh, what's next, Andy? It's staying with Lisa, and here she is with Arsenal news. Arsene Wenger's going to give Cesc Fabregas every chance to play against his old club tonight. <laughs> That's what I used to call him when he played for Arsenal. When he <laughs> played for Chelsea, I yeah. Fabregas. Yes, of course, yeah, you changed it then. <laughs> Lisa did at least get the pronunciation of Arsene Wenger. Oh, sorry, Arsene Wenger, right? Arsene Wenger. That's great. Even I didn't get the pronunciation of Arsene Wenger right. Uh, unlike this caller. This is the issue that I take with um, people criticising Wagner. Arsene Wagner. Arsene Wagner. Yeah, good old Arsene Wagner. (laughs) Whilst we're on the subject of Arsenal, here's reporter Mike Boville. I wasn't expecting to see William Gallas back, and that was a gamble which didn't work out for Arsene Wenger. So whether he would risk... Uh, playing Robin Van Perley this early. Robin Van Perley <laughs> this early. Yeah, he's from Perley. You see how it happened. He's from Perley. Uh, this is Mickey Quinn with a bit of a when Harry met Sally moment. 
Mm. Have you seen some of the goals Andy's been scoring lately? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but I have what Quinny's having. <laughs> Back to Adam Brazil with a shock announcement. I'd have... I probably I've I've stopped really betting on football. Hello, hello. <laughs> of course he has the voice. He used to, be, used to incredible. Used to, when it of would course, often, it's around Cheltenham time. That's why the voice is like. Yeah, that. it would often be shaped, wouldn't it? If Alan came in the following day and like someone had missed an open goal, so yeah. Havertz had missed an open goal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he'd go, "How did he miss that? What a terror!" You knew, knew he definitely had a bet on Havertz <laughs> yeah, exactly. to score. You know, it was completely shaped by that. Uh, well, that that was a shock, but good for him. Let's see how he got on. Big result for Leon, by the way. I had a little bet on Leon to beat uh, Bordeaux. Big result, 3-1. Didn't last long, did it? I think it was the following day. (laughs) Let's get some more sports news from Lisa O'Sullivan now. Manchester United are looking for a useful away goal in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinal against Mayan Munich. Mayan Munich? <laughs> Mayan Munich, the Mexican side, obviously. <laughs> Very good the, side. the Mayan team, there are not many Mayan teams <laughs> no, left. But, not really, uh, no. uh, Here's Alan Brazil again on breakfast, introducing a bit of audio. Here's Black Cats manager Stevie Bruce talking to Graham Courtney about this weekend's opponents. With Harry in charge, again, very, very quickly, he's very quickly... Builds a team very quickly. Well, very. <laughs> what we take away from that is, is, is very quickly. Staying with breakfast, here's Ronnie Arani. Now talking of uh, the semi-final, uh, welcome on the line, Sir David Pleat, former Spurs boss. Well, knighted. What about that? They well kept done. that quiet. <laughs> Ronnie knighted him. And finally, this is Darren Goff talking music. The nearest I came to punk music was uh, Adamant. Used to like him a little bit. Well, the early stuff that you're talking about, or the Prince Charming and the Goody Prince Charmaine, Prince Charmaine and Prince Charmaine. <laughs> Prince Charmaine. Don't worry, Goffy. Ridicule is nothing to be scared of. <laughs> so there we are. There's uh, there's yes. some uh, Cleveland. Even Adrian sounds young. Very youthful, Adrian. Maybe we'll go back to show one. They got the intro to show one. All those sixty ten. He's about five. But um, anyway, yeah. Don't forget four o'clock this afternoon. Adrian's. Final drive show, Jamie Carragher and others will be joining them to look back over the 16 years of his time there. We'll bring mm. you some more. Um, cl- he's not going anywhere, by the way. Of course, he's, he's very much the front no. man for our live football. And uh, we'll be bringing you Monday night football during the season. And Adrian will be doing that, which is why. Because that was, uh, and Darren Bent is, is moving on from the boot. He's not, also not leaving TalkSport. But that, yeah, I've enjoyed that, right. that, that show. That one's going so, anywhere. Yeah. No one's going anywhere. Um, so there we are. Well, except us, probably. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, have you heard? You heard something? I have, yeah. <laughs> Good. So, uh, still to come this afternoon, we're going to be looking ahead to England, Sweden tomorrow night. Luke Edwards of The Telegraph has been uh, reporting on the, the women's Euros and mm. a very interesting piece today about uh, what England need to do better than they did against Spain uh, to uh, beat the Swedes. They were a good side. Um, and uh, so we'll be chatting to Luke very shortly about that. That game is live, of course, tomorrow night with uh, Adrian, Leanne Sanderson, Sam Matterface. They're your team at Bramall Lane for England versus Sweden. The first of the semi finals will bring you both on Tuesday and Wednesday here on Talk Sport. And Andy, anything else you want to share with the class? Yeah, it was quite interesting. There was a talk last week. There's been a lot of stuff about young kids not heading the ball, which is yeah. fair enough, you know, kids mm. under 12. But then somebody came up with the idea of punching the ball instead. So when the ball comes across, you're allowed to punch it in. Wow. So this bloke wrote to the Times, he made a very good point. He said, uh, the idea of punching a ball as a safer alternative to heading is nothing new. Clearly, Diego Maradona was ahead of his time. Yeah. So well, I want to forget, I, we, we played Manchester City at White Hart Lane. Fairly certainly it was at Wild Lane. And we lost 3-2, and I'm sure the winner, it was the winning goal. Franny Lee punched one in. He couldn't quite reach it with his head. Mm-hmm. It was like a diving at him, and he... he that was old, pun- quite common in the old Punched place. it in, yeah. and uh, ref gave it, of course. No yeah. VAR then. Right. And, well, uh, even if there was VAR, they would have missed it. I was behind the <laughs> they goal. They said it wasn't clear and obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was behind the goal, and it was like... I was just outraged as a kid, thinking they got <laughs> away with it, but uh, he, he certainly did. If Adrian um, had been on, you could have phoned him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could have done. Hello, Adrian. Yeah, I'm only 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, can't be bothered to go into that whole rigmarole. <laughs> oh, just, uh, Erling Haaland, wasn't it great? Yeah. Um, it, he scored the kind of goal you think he's going to score a lot in that pre-season. Well, especially for Bayern. City, they get a lot yeah, of tap-ins. Exactly. And he said, I watched a lot of City and they play without a striker. So I've been seeing myself in these situations. I'm thinking, yeah, I'll bet you have. Yeah, yeah it's about time somebody <laughs> did. Yeah, they are gonna, he's going to get a lot of goals. Although Ake was, was about to put that in as well. Play just that well, but it, it was a good goal. But I read the reports where it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to cities, which is understandable with style of play. You're counting down the days, Annie, to the final neighbours, which is... Uh, yes. Well, so when we spoke to Alan <clears throat> Fletcher, Dr. <clears throat> Carl, of course, we talked about Margot Robbie, the idea of her being in that final show, and he said well, she's probably a bit busy in Hollywood, but God bless her, she's going to do a bit she for it. it, isn't Hell she? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how it's going to work. Madge, there's a piece in Madge well, Bishop coming Madge, back. Uh, Madge Bishop is returning as a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really come back as herself. Well, I mean, some of the plots of soaps, though, they'll push it to the limit, won't they? But no, she's coming, uh, coming. Yes, yeah, there's only five more shows than an hour-long special. It's, it's going to have to eat come out, Andy. And I know, I did a... think of that. I thought, well, shall I watch one a week? Yeah. <laughs> but there's no point. I'm going to be a broken man. That's it. And uh, St- St- Stephen Dennis, who plays Paul Robinson, hmm. says he'd welcome a revival, eh, that he would do them. Well, of course he would. What else is he going to do? It's going to be hard, isn't it? Do? Well... You're doing a bit of theatre, I'm sure. Oh, I suppose so, yeah, but it's difficult, isn't it? He's so associated with one character. It's, yeah. it's hard, you know. But... Well, it's like you. For years, you've played the uh, <laughs> grumpy Chelsea fan Andy Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, they see you outside people and they don't realise that you're not like that, are you? No, know? not at all. Actually, you really. don't even support Chelsea. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Don't yeah. start that <laughs> one. No, he doesn't, he doesn't even like football, but this <laughs> yeah. is the character apart and he just comes in and he reads the script and he's irascible and bad-tempered, especially when... The way you're always very bad-tempered when Chelsea loses, a brilliant performance that you put in. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing. I'm you've not put, acting. You've managed to carry off this character I, I for so think, many years. I don't even think I get angry. I, I think I get upset. I get disturbed. Oh, I know you get angry. No, I, d- I don't. I get upset. I, I honestly, it's, and it's so annoying. I was having to say to myself, it was about four o'clock in the morning. I was thinking, oh, God, I can't do this the whole season. <laughs> lying here awake, worrying about wow. Chelsea. I've got to, so I've got to just let it. You've got to let it, it go. I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go. It's Andy. bad for it's me. Not, it's not worth it. It's not good for you. I'm always fascinated on uh, social mm. media when people write to the wrong person with the same name to yes. sort of have a go at them. So apparently people have been struggling to differentiate between uh, stargazer Professor Brian Cox and yeah. the succession actor Brian Cox. Brian Cox, yeah. <laughs> They're so different. They look so different. Yeah. They've got different views. It's mad, isn't it? Why don't mm. you just check that little bit of picture? Yeah, you know, there's a little picture. On the one's top. a professor, one isn't. Well, yeah. exactly. One's interested in astronomy and one isn't. Yeah. Well, well I don't know. I don't know. You might be. About the other one, do you? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I mentioned uh, earlier on, I was in the beautiful uh, west of Ireland uh, mm. this weekend, and um, Lidl is the pronunciation of Lidl, yes. which was a bit of a shock. Not the only thing I took away from going there, <laughs> but it, it just, it just in passing. Yeah. Paul Rigby's been in touch. He said, uh, referring to the Irish pronunciation of Lidl, uh, my lovely stepmother has a touch of the hyacinth bouquets about her and always pronounces Lidl as if it rhymes with idol. Lidl. I suspect um, she should never ever feel the need for a giant sausage roll. She should go to Gregory's, of course. Thank you, Paul. Yes. Anything else, Andy? Yes. Um, what have I got here? Stuntman Gianluca Falco. I did see this. This is amazing. It's amazing. This hung out of a BMW driven on two wheels to change a tyre in a record 77 seconds in Milan, Italy. Well, it's not as quick as Formula One. I think that's quite slow. Have you uh, have you looked up the the footage of it? Because I can't quite no. get my head around how you change a tire yeah. while on two wheels on a on a moving car. I know. How and do you do it? I, I don't know. I haven't got any pictures of it, so <laughs> right. I, I can bring you no more than that, Andy. I'm afraid. Not like bike exchange. No. Um, yeah, Edu. Mm. Quite a refreshing interview with him. Actually, He's, mm. he, he was making a whole lot of sense. He was talking about how you churn a squad and you move on players that yeah. are, you know, on big pay packets running down their Todd contracts. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've done, they've done well at Arsenal because yeah. they were in a right state, really. They had an inexperienced manager. Players that were being paid too much and didn't seem to care about the mm. club much. <clears throat> gradually they churned it and now they do look, yeah. they do look strong. I, I, 
I still think they'll struggle to maintain it the whole season and I don't see them challenging for the title, but you never know. He uh, he was making the point that uh, he said, I'd like to meet any prospective new player face-to-face. And, uh, yeah, they all say that. Well, but he said, um, I tried. To, I said one particular player, I, want, I think we're all trying to think who it might be, one particular player, he said, I wanted to sell him our project and he said, something to just smell something's wrong. For example, he said, I talked to a player in Dortmund but straight away he was saying, yeah, but that's all well and good, but what about the contract? What about the money? Yeah, that's so no good. He said, I then called his agent and said, guys, thanks very much, but it's not what we want. Then he I... spoke to another bloke who was already wearing a Barcelona shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, always, yeah. that's always the danger. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But no, they are. He's, they've done a good job in, in churning the squad. And it, it, a painful rebuild. Um, it looks like it's paying off. So far, mm, I think the Spurs Arsenal games will be fascinating this season because mm. they, you know, they'll be angry about what happened at the end of last season. But Spurs are going to be strong, so there should be some great games. I think it could be, you know, quite an interesting. It might even be a three-way title race this year. But I still think in the end it's difficult for anybody else other than yeah. City and Liverpool. But we'll see. Mm. Um, anything else you want to share with the class? Uh, well, there's quite. I do like a bit of a reader's offer. Oh, no, you do. And yeah. today's reader's offer is the A.A. Milne uh, beloved Winnie the Pooh officially licensed uh, commemorative coin. It's a bit of a, like a 50p. And it nice. says, don't miss out. It says, order your official poo and bees. Pardon? Yeah, well, don't miss. Order your official poo and some bees commemorative today. That's what it is, Winnie the Pooh. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it says here, just 19,999. <laughs> well, why such a limited edition? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, rel- it's relatively limited. Well, relatively. Yeah. Okay. Is it legal tender? Are they going to take it into a shop? I don't think it is. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. But it's shaped like a 50 pence shaped piece. Shaped like a 50 pence piece, yeah. Oh, that's an accident way to happen if you walk around with uh, yeah. the coin in your pocket, isn't it? I would imagine. <laughs> And uh, a bloke who wrote to the star is not happy. Oh, no. He says, uh, now they've decided to ruin another bastion of men's sport, darts. Okay. <laughs> he said, he writes, shouts it, by announcing there's going to be 24 women contests. What does it matter to you? There's still going to be the, exactly the same amount of male darts that you watch now. Why are you so threatened by women playing darts? I don't know what's wrong You're with you. You're shouting at a letter in the paper, Annie. I'm not, I'm not sure people. he can hear you. It's a generality of people that do this. It drives me mad. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Myself and Charlie here. Annie will be back on Wednesday, building up to the women's Euro semi-final tomorrow night and a whole lot more besides. Do hope you can join us from one uh, if not podcast available around four o'clock you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.